It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football guru, football fanatic, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. NFL week number nine. Going to be you and myself this week. Uh, No Steve, as he is, uh, I believe he's on family vacation in Florida, so... Uh, he decided to go ahead and take the week off. You and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover five games. A lot of crazy topics going on here right now, Uncle Dave. First thing I want to do ask you about Henry. He's going to be out, supposedly, Uncle Dave, six to ten weeks. And he's going to have to have surgery on his foot. And it looks like maybe Adrian Peterson might go ahead and get some reps there. I'm not sure, you know, what how to, what to make of, you know, Tennessee without Henry because we haven't seen that before, at least for an extended period of time. But me personally, Uncle Dave, I think that, you know, that they put themselves in a position to probably make the playoffs, but it looks like they might squeak in here uh, without Henry for that that amount of period of time. But, I mean, that has to be one of the biggest losses for any NFL team for this season. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I most certainly would. I mean, Tannehill's put up some decent numbers, A.J. Brown, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, that's all set up by the Derrick Henry threat. I mean, I, I think in their case they, they may be just fine. Uh, at least until the playoffs. I mean, they got the Rams this week, and, you know, that's probably a loss. But, you know, they've, they've still got um, Houston, Jacksonville, Miami, and Houston again uh, on their schedule and a few other games that are winnable. But, you know, they should still be a 10 or 11 win team and get into the playoffs. But, you know, we'll see if and when Henry can come back and how effective he is. I, I have to think that if they get into the playoffs without Henry, they most certainly could be in trouble. That's what I was looking at, too, last night Our Uncle Dave was a schedule. I'm like, one, two, three, I'm like, all the way up to, like, ten. I'm like, well, there's almost ten guaranteed wins for this team. You know, if they can get Henry back right before the playoffs, you know, if he's, you know, in his normal Derrick Henry mode, which, you know, I, I'm guessing we would probably suspect that he probably won't be. But, you know, even if he can get that guy at 80%, he's probably still the best running back in the league. So that'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Uh, Von Miller goes to the Rams. They get rid of him out of Denver. And uh, some disturbing news today coming out of Las Vegas with uh, wide receiver Henry Ruggs that was involved in some type of an, uh, an accident, maybe a DUI. Uh, I guess somebody had passed away. So uh, the Raiders uh, going through it the last couple of weeks. But Uncle Dave, let's go through this card that we have here. We have five games ready to rock and roll. First game on the docket here, Uncle Dave, Browns, Bengals. Bengals going to be a home favorite here, minus two and a half, minus three. We have a total on this game of 47. Both teams coming off of a loss last week. Um, both teams were favored last week, so they came up short. How are you looking at this one here, Uncle Dave? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I always like to start with the sort of the instinctive reaction. And with the Bengals losing to the Jets, you know, people are going to want to fade them. Then with the Browns losing to the Steelers, people will want to fade them. But when I look at the Browns' schedule, Sleepy, I don't, I don't see a good win, really. I mean, perhaps the Vikings, but that was on the, because it was on the road. But, you know, how much luster did that lose with Minnesota losing to a, a less than 100% Dallas team? You know, the Bengals did beat the Ravens on the road, and just maybe they were a little fat and happy against the Jets. I mean, that's, that's entirely possible. You know, then again, it's pretty hard when you win the turnover battle by two and lose, let alone giving up over 500 yards to a Mike White-led offense. So, you know, but, but I'm not going to push the panic button. You know, Cleveland probably played well enough to beat the Steelers, but that wide receiver group had more drops than catches. And I'm not sure that's fixable right now because it's not the first time this year. I actually do think it's in their heads now. 
And on paper, the defenses are very similar, great run stoppers. So I think to me, this really does come down to which quarterback plays better or which one I trust. You know, the line says on a neutral field, I think these teams are even, and, and I can't really disagree with that. Uh, but if it comes down to a kick, the Browns have an advantage. The weather looks above average for what could be in November. That's not a factor. But in the end, i got to lean Cincinnati. I, I think they have less issues to resolve. And as I said, if it comes down to which QB I trust to make the key throw and not have it dropped, uh, it's got to be Burrow. And I also don't see this game going over the total. You know, you brought up a really good point there, Uncle Dave, that a lot of the betters might not actually flock to, to either of these teams because they let them down last week. And I actually think that the, the betters will probably try to stay away from Cincinnati in this one, maybe more than they will Cleveland. Uh, Cincinnati was used a lot last week. I mean, we can probably argue and say that that might have been, you know, one of the sheep's play of the week. But, you know, that particular team knocked a lot of people out of their survivor pools last week. I was looking at the Circa results, and I don't want to say it was about 40% and, and give a bad number, but from what I remember looking at, it looked like maybe they knocked out about 40% you know, of everybody in their survivor pick. So I'm guessing that the betters probably won't flock to them. Now, I will go ahead and give the Bengals some credit, you know, Uncle Dave. They were on their third road game in a row, and it was kind of a, a sandwich spot, letdown spot, you know, after they beat the brakes off the Ravens, and now they have the Browns. So I can understand maybe overlooking the Jets, you know, in that particular game. But I believe the, the Bengals are going to want to go ahead and get the sour taste out of their mouths. You know, after that loss to the Jets, you know, they're going to end up heading into the bye week after this. And if they could head in here with a win, then it's a road trip to see the Raiders, who we just spoke about, you know, that they're a mess right now um, as far as their, you know, personal issues are going on. Uh, the Bengals, you know, if they lose this game, then, you know, they, they, they go into the bye week, they come out, they have to go on the road. You know, they run the risk of, of losing three in a row. But I feel like this week against the Browns, um, that they could turn right back around in the right direction. I can't trust Baker Mayfield right now on the road. You know, the Browns' backfield is very good, but um, they've had some issues right now with health. And, and the Bengals' rush defense has actually been pretty good. I think if they can stop Chubb, and I think that that's going to be game plan number one for the Bengals, uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield to go ahead and, and go ahead and beat them. And the Browns, you know, last week they lost a key piece to that offensive line with Jack Conklin going down. And the Browns are just banged up right now in the secondary, so I don't think that that's going to help them against, you know, Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, and, and Jamar Chase. I, I don't believe that'll, that'll help them at all. And for me, I feel like the Browns are kind of in a dire situation right now at 4-4, four and four, and that, that kind of scares me. You know, Odell Beckham uh, it has been in the news about, you know, is he going to get traded or not? His dad was in the news today saying that it was, you know, Baker Mayfield's fault that Odell, you know, isn't getting any production, that he's not getting any passes. I didn't watch the game there last week with the Browns or Uncle Dave, but you're talking about drops, so I'm guessing that maybe he was involved in that. But it would be the Bengals minus two and a half for me. But I will say this, and this is something that you know comes up from time to time throughout the season, is when you hear a player that's disgruntled because he's not getting production, you want to look at that player when it comes to player props. So although Odell hasn't really performed, this is a week where – you know, the squeaky wheel will get the grease. So don't don't be surprised if Odell goes out there and gets seven, eight targets from Baker in this particular game and he goes over his player prop total. So uh, that's definitely one direction that I'll be looking at. I'll be trying to put some stock into that. Hopefully the books don't adjust. But, I mean, with what o Odell's been doing, I don't know how they can put a number out there that would actually scare you uh, from betting him over. So I'll look at that and I'll also go ahead. I'll agree here with Uncle Dave taking a look at the Bengals. 
minus two and a half. Let's shift over to the Falcons and the Saints here, Uncle Dave. Uh, disappointing news for the Saints. Starting quarterback Jameis Winston goes down, tore his ACL. He will be out for the year. I'm not sure who the backup will be, whether it will be Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. Right now, the Saints minus six here at home. We have a total of 42. Uncle Dave, I'll let you rip and run on this one first. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, this is another one that could be a a big overreaction. You know, betters are going to love the Saints. Everyone saw them beat Tampa Bay. Uh, but there's two questions for me. And the first one is is obvious. Can Trevor Simeon do it again? And more importantly, can New Orleans and their fans maintain that kind of energy again? Um, I have to admit, though, it, it's tough to get to Atlanta. Their wins are over the Jets, Dolphins, and Giants. And actually, all those games they could have lost. I look ahead at their schedule. Four of the next six are on the road. And their two home games are against the Patriots and the Bucks. So I think another loss effectively ends their season. Uh, and then we can start fading them for sure. But, you know, this line didn't go to six until today, which could be telling since that total crashed, which means it might be hard for the Saints to get and maintain margin. So I'm not going to make the auto bet here because when I look back at what Simeon did last week, he came into a game without having to think about it. You know, okay, put your helmet on, go do it, uh, and no expectations. Well, now he does have to think about it, and he does have expectations. And remember, this is a quarterback that hasn't started a game since 2017 when he threw more interceptions and touchdowns for the Broncos. This is a guy that's been waived or released by four teams in two years. So while I don't hate the guy, you know, let's not get carried away here. He was QB3 before Hill and Winston got hurt. Now, with that said, I don't love Matt Ryan, and he's clearly got the higher upside, I think. Uh, the, you know, the Falcons won't be able to run on the Saints, but they can't run on anyone. Uh, I don't love Ridley not being there. That's another one of those things that are potentially distracting the team. Uh, but they've had time to adjust to that now. I have a hard time back in the Falcons' defense. But again, it's Trevor Simeon. Although he has more weapons, and I think Mark Ingram being back can't be overstated. So I think that Sean Payton advantage does get the Saints a win. Covering might be another matter, especially in a division game. I think that total crashing Sunday night might be an overreaction. I think Atlanta will have a hard time slowing down the Saints' run game, and Ryan will have to throw the ball 40 times. So I'm thinking that game might go over in spite of the fact that I may be out on an island on that one. You know, Uncle Dave, I'm probably going to go ahead and tease the Falcons up in this one to plus 12. You know, if I can get them over 7 and get them over 10, that's what I'll do. You know, I can't trust the Saints right now with, you know, a backup to the backup. But Atlanta, you know, they haven't really been playing all that well. And I think that, you know, the Ridley absence, it's going to hurt them, but I don't believe it's going to absolutely crush that offense. I think that they have enough offense, you know, to go ahead and hang around, you know, with plus 12 in the teaser. And the Falcons, you know, they need this game like blood. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to play the Falcons here in the teaser. I think that that's the easy, simple play for me to go ahead and take here. I have to see the Saints with their backup quarterback, you know, a second week in a row. You know, sometimes the, these backup quarterbacks, you know, they step in and, you know, they they just overperform. They're ready. You know, the, the playbook's ready. And, and I don't know what to make of it from last week. I mean, we saw three backup quarterbacks come in and all win and some of them in, in some tough spots. So I want to see what the Saints look like now without Jameis Winston and see if that you know, kind of derails the team, you know, mentally because Winston was actually playing half decent. If Taysom Hill steps in there, there's no way that they don't have to change the offensive playbook uh, completely because he can't do the things that Jameis Winston does. And I think Simeon um, is, you know, a, a completely different situation. So I want to see the Saints first before I lay any lumber with them. 
Uh, plus six to me seems wrong, uh, especially with a backup quarterback, because now you're saying, you know, that Atlanta should be getting plus nine uh, on a neutral field. So I, I just I don't, I don't see it. So I'm going to tease the Falcons up there, Uncle Dave. Let's jump over to my Green Bay Packers. Uh, super excited for that team right now. They're playing well. Got a big win there last week, Uncle Dave, against the Cardinals. I got to be honest, I did not expect that. And they're going to be on the road here in Kansas City. Green Bay is going to be getting plus one. We have a total of 54 and a half. Chiefs last night, they played Monday night. Uh, they beat the Giants 20-17, to 17, but they didn't look all that good there, Uncle Dave. Uh, something's up with that Chiefs offense, and I have a feeling that it, it, it's twofold. It's it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's the way that teams are playing defense against him. So uh, this should be an interesting game. I like my Packers here, Uncle Dave. I'll just come right out, and I'll, I'll let you know that right from the gate. But how do you see this Packers-Chiefs game playing out? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be advantage Green Bay. I mean, they, they played last Thursday, and obviously the Chiefs played Monday. So if nothing else, it's, it's three more days prep time for the Packers. Uh, the Packers don't have a sense of urgency, and the Chiefs most certainly do. You know, I look back a couple of years ago when the Packers won an arrowhead, and I'm thinking, well, maybe Kansas City remembers that. But that was with Matt Moore calling the plays and handing off to LaShawn McCoy and no Devontae Adams for the Packers. And it was still 55 points scored. But that's pretty much where this total was Monday afternoon. Then we have the Chiefs' performance Monday. Honestly, you know, you mentioned it. Mahomes reminded me of Peyton Manning in his last year with Denver. I mean, it just looked like every throw was an effort, almost like he's throwing a shot put, and his decision-making wasn't very good. Um, there's part of me that really questions how Kansas City can be favored. But by the same token, just based on past performance and, and reputation, they're not going to make them home underdogs, although they're getting close. Uh, the Packers haven't had a game go over 50 since week three, and this is by far their highest total this season. Kansas City's last four games, 44, 30, 37, and 37 again on Monday. This is the same total they had when they played the Chargers, and only one point higher than when they played Washington. So I think it's still not enough adjustment, uh, and I can't bet on what Kansas City could do. You know, I did that Monday night by mistake. I'll, I'll bet on what I saw again. Uh, I leaned the Packers and liked the undersleepy. You know, this Kansas City team there, Uncle Dave, they just – they don't look the same. Mahomes doesn't look the same. He doesn't look prepared. Uh, we saw an interception last night that he threw in the end zone where uh, he was jumping up in the air and he was trying to – it looked like he was trying to, to bloop it over guys' heads, but he was throwing the ball fast. Like, it just doesn't look like a normal quarterback trying to make a normal quarterback play. Like, it seems like he's always trying to do something special, uh, force it into, you know, windows that he shouldn't be forcing it into. Um, you know, it, it reminded me a little bit of, of some Brett Favre, you know, where the guy is, you know, very talented, can throw, you know, for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, but sometimes just trying to do too much, you know, out there with that gunslinger mentality. And I don't believe that that's what I don't believe that that's, uh, you know, what's making Mahomes, you know, such a good quarterback um, is, is that type of play. I think Green Bay could probably knock out a win here. Last night, this line was actually Green Bay plus three. And that was in the middle of the Chiefs game. But this is, you know, after that performance last night, uh, Green Bay's getting plus one. But it looks like Adams will be back. It looks like Lazard's probably going to be back. And I think Green Bay just has too many weapons right now, you know, with Rodgers, Adams, Lazard. Uh, you got Jones in the backfield. Now, that Kansas City defense last night, um, although it held the Giants to 17 points, the Giants were, were severely limited with playmakers. I mean, they were running the ball with backup running backs, they had backup wide receivers in there. And I think Green Bay, Coming off of that win against the Cardinals, um, they have to like where they're sitting right now in the NFC. If they could get a win here, there's a good chance that they go and they play Seattle, who you know has been an absolute thorn 
in the Green Bay Packers side, you know, with Russell Wilson, but there's a good chance that they don't have to see Russell Wilson. So if they can get a win here in Kansas City, and there's a really good chance they get a win again next week at home against Seattle, you know, Green Bay puts themselves, you know, right in line to win that division without a doubt. But, you know, they're now the number one seed, and I think that they're going to take the momentum and, and not fall, you know, from that Cardinals win uh, and, and just, you know, and, and rest on their laurels here. I mean, this is the Chiefs. Everybody is giving this team, you know, their best shot. But what concerns me about Kansas City really more than anything is the fact that, yeah, they're beating the bad teams, but they're losing to all the good teams. Just look at their schedule. They haven't beaten a good team all year long. I mean, they're beating up on teams like the Giants. So I, I can't trust the Chiefs right now, even at home. Uh, that defense isn't getting any better. It looks like it's getting worse. And Patrick Mahomes uh, isn't getting any better either. I mean, he's playing, you know, mediocre football right now. And if Green Bay can go ahead and manage to slow down Tyreek Hill, I just don't see how the Chiefs can muster up enough offense, enough defense to go ahead and slow Green Bay down. So I'll take the Packers plus the one. Uh, I might even just take them on the money line and call that my pick for that particular game. Since we were talking about the Cardinals there, Uncle Dave, let's jump into that game. Cardinals are going to be on the road here at San Francisco. San Fran, uh, they're going to be catching two and a half points here at home. We have a total of 46. Uncle Dave, I'm going to be a square ball on this one, man. I like Arizona. I don't think the 49ers are very good right now. Sure, they could beat the Bears on the road against Justin Fields and stuff like that, but no, they lost at home two weeks ago to the Colts. No, the Cardinals, in my opinion, they're going to be super salty. The fact that they dropped that game to the Packers, it ruined their undefeated season. And I know that there are some rumors going around right now, Uncle Dave, that Kyler Murray might or might not have a banged up ankle. I think he's perfectly fine. I saw the play. It looked like he had more of a bruised ego than he did a bruised ankle. Uh, I think the Cardinals are just a far superior team here. And the fact that I don't have to lay three, I'll do that. And if you watch that game last week with Jimmy G, he actually played really well. But he was connecting on long bombs down the field. And I don't believe that the Cardinals are going to give up those type of plays here in this particular game. So I'm going to go the square route here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to take the minus two and a half. I just don't have a handicap right now to say take San Francisco under three. So it's Cardinals for me, minus two and a half. What do you got? Well, I'm not sure I totally disagree, but I kind of might. Um, you know, Arizona's a road favorite in a division game, off a bye, having barely beaten the 49ers at home a few weeks ago and off their first loss of the season. And more importantly, only scoring 17 points in that game. What I do wonder, Sleepy, is how this young Cardinals team handles losing. You know, I mean, it's easy when everything's going your way. And, and that could be... You know, we'll see. I don't think I don't think they come in as 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 confident as they might have been. And the 49ers, yeah, they won in Chicago, and they put up 33, which I mean that has to be gratifying given the fact they hadn't done that since week one. You know, maybe the 49ers are getting a bad rap here. You know, are they the team that dominated and went to the Super Bowl two years ago? Of course not. But look at who they've played. That 0-4 run was against your Packers, Seattle with Wilson. Arizona, and the Colts. And I won't by any means say the Cardinals aren't a good team, but are they six points or so better on a neutral field? I'm not sure so sure they are. You know, I like San Francisco teased up over a touchdown, but I think what I like better here is the under. The last two 49ers games, that totals around 40. Uh, and this one's almost a touchdown better than that. Uh, the first game, they only saw 27 against Arizona. And I usually think the opposite's going to happen in a rematch, but not here. 
You know, the, the 49ers defense might not get a fair shake. You know, they're, they're 22nd points a lot, but fifth in yards and fifth in points per play, and their pass defense is significantly better than their run defense. You know, you mentioned Murray. Um, both he and Hopkins may not be 100%, uh, but without Kim Law and possibly D Ford, it's a little hard to get to the 49ers, but without Kittle and Moster, very easy for me to get to the under. All right, it's all stuff there, Uncle Dave. I will say this. This is probably, you know, one of the wise guy picks of the week. You know, if you go ahead and you take San Francisco and they get it done. But you do make a good case there with San Francisco with the competition that they had to face. Not an easy road, especially, you know, with that team. I mean, they were banged up all year long. So uh, I believe that this is going to be a, a very good indicator of, you know, who these teams actually are. You know, if the Cardinals go in and they blow out San Fran, then I think we know that the Cardinals are good and San Fran's not. But if, if this game's close – then maybe we uh, maybe we overrated you know the Cardinals a little bit too much and underrated San Fran a little bit too much. Let's jump into our final game here, Uncle Dave. We got the Chargers, we got the Eagles. Uh, right now, Chargers are going to be minus one on the road. We have a total of fifty in this game. I'll let you rip and run on this one first, there, Uncle Dave. Chargers, Eagles. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I wonder if we didn't overrate the Chargers. I mean, did we did we see them peak too early? Um, you know, what's interesting or not really is that most of their wins have come against teams that have had marginal to terrible defenses. So where does that leave the Eagles' defense? I guess, well, if nothing else, it's better than the Chargers. But most importantly is the horrid L.A. run defense. And here, although it's not the matchup issue it was against the Ravens, it's a matchup, matchup issue, maybe not directly, but indirectly, if nothing else, because it takes a lot of pressure off of Hurts. You know, the, yeah, the Eagles are without Sanders, but against the Lions, Hurts ran for 70 and the two household names that you know there, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, combined for 117 yards. Now, I know that was against the Lions, but Detroit's run defense is head and shoulders statistically above the Chargers, who are DFL in almost every imaginable category. And again, in the Chargers, three losses to above-average defenses, Herbert thrown four touchdowns and five picks. So, yeah, I think maybe we did overvalue them. Then I look at the travel. You know, to the East Coast, we know that isn't a big deal like it might have been a decade ago, but, you know, this is also a 4 o'clock game on the East Coast, and it's actually the night after daylight savings time uh, begins, so it's not the time change, although that doesn't hurt. It's the weather. I mean, it's going to be close to dark when that game kicks off, uh, and, you know, 30, 35 degrees cooler than Los Angeles will be. So I think when you add the matchup advantage maybe for the Eagles, the Chargers coming off a loss in a game they expected to win, and the travel and the weather, I think the wrong team might be favored. And if you remember – the last time the Chargers were on the East Coast, they were probably a few miles away in Baltimore, and uh, they got their ass handed to them. And if you remember the time before that, they were in the East Coast, game one against Washington, uh, when they barely won and only put up 20 points. So, you know, I, I think in this case, it might be a factor. And I, I like your Eagles. I know they're not your Eagles. They're your Packers, but you do live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and it's, uh, it is it is a little bit of a shock to some of those West Coast teams when they come Eastern, Uncle Dave. And I was actually going to bring up the Baltimore game. Uh, that was a, a, a pretty decent situation as far as I can see, you know, with the Chargers. I mean, Baltimore probably should have been letting down there or taking a deep breath, and, and they absolutely did not. Now, I like the over in this game here, Uncle Dave, over 50. I think Philly is just such a hard team to figure out. You never know what you're going to get from them, you know, week to week, but what I saw from them last week is they put up 44 points. They have to keep the pedal to the metal. There's one thing about Philly, you know, they have a lot of speed. They have playmakers on this team. And if they just decide to go slow and, and just lull through a game, 
um, they're not going to score a lot of points. And, and, and that's the only thing that really worries me is you, is you don't know what they're going to do from week to week. But I believe they're going to go ahead and, and they're going to press the issue here this week because they have to. You know, they are coming off of a win. As you mentioned, that Chargers rush defense, not very good. Uh, even though Miles Sanders isn't going to be there, I think it is a benefit for Philadelphia to get have guys like Howard and Gainwell and Boston Scott. Um, that'll help. But for me, it, I don't I don't trust the Eagles defense either. They haven't been very good all season long. And the Chargers are going to come in here salty. And they have guys. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Cook. They have Eckler out of the backfield. Now they're going to see you know, a real top talented tier quarterback in Justin Herbert. So uh, I think both teams push it up and down the field. I think both teams want to go ahead and, and get a lot of momentum here on offense. I don't see either defense uh, stopping each other here. So it's over 50 for me. I can see this game being somewhere in that 31-28 area. Uh, so that's what I'll do for that game. But that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Uh, good stuff there. Big thanks to Uncle Dave for jumping on. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Dave underscore S. So you guys could always find us at TheBettingPredators.com and at Pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number nine. Enjoy the games.